If you are looking to diversify your revenue streams, creating an online course may be a really good option for you. But if you were to believe everything that every online guru told you about them, you would believe that it just requires dumping all your knowledge into a simple document, uploading it to a course website, selling it, and just watching the revenue fly in passively, of course. And let me tell you, my experience has told me that that is Absolutely not true. I've been creating courses since 2016. And while I have had some great success, I've hit some really exciting milestones, like half a million dollars in courses sold in 2022. I hit that milestone. I love creating courses, but they are definitely work. And I've certainly learned a lot along the way. So in today's episode, I want to share with you the five things that I wish I would have known before I started and pass that knowledge along to you. I also created a masterclass for you. It's totally free. You can click the link in the show notes to check it out. It is all about digital products, not just courses, but digital products in general and how to get started with them. So this class will help you decide if you want to create a course, if you want to create a masterclass, an ebook, a guide, a download, and also walk you through my strategy for developing them and creating them, all of my tech and systems that I use, as well as how I market and sell them. So this is a totally free masterclass. I'd love for you to check it out and I hope it helps you a lot. Okay, so the first thing that I wish I would have known before I started is that you really need to solve a specific problem. Now, obviously we all know that the point of online courses is to teach, it's to educate. But I think they are very different from like a college class. And I really had a hard time understanding that for the first few years of creating courses. That's why it took me a few years to actually start making real money from them. So a college course, a lot of times they are more theoretical. You know, you're learning the theory behind something. You're learning um, the foundational knowledge of something like, I don't know, my first film class that I took, we literally just watched movies and learned about the different types of storytelling, the different types of shots that were involved. Uh, we didn't really like learn even how to do anything in that entry level film class. We just learned how to watch movies like a filmmaker. Now, if I were to teach an intro to filmmaking class as an online course, I would want to teach you how to create your first short film. I would want you to walk away with something as opposed to just learning how to like point different things out. And don't get me wrong. I think both are super valuable. I'm not, you know, talking negatively on more theory based courses or college or anything like that. But I think the goal with an online course is to get people from A to B. An example of this with my own online courses, I really struggled in the beginning because I created a course for social media managers. I knew I wanted to teach people how to become a social media manager, but I didn't really have my audience down. And I didn't really have the, the guarantee or the offer down either. At the time, I was still working in corporate and I had a social media side hustle. And instead of just saying that, instead of saying, I will teach you how to set up your social media side hustle, your side business, I decided to teach people everything I knew about social media management. It made it really hard to sell because I didn't know who I was selling to. It made it hard to provide the adequate information to the right level of person. You know, some people were 
already running their own businesses full time taking the course. Others like had no idea what a tweet even was. So you want to be very specific. Even today, I cannot teach a course on everything there is to know about social media management because I am forever student and I don't know everything there is to know about social media management, but I can teach you how to get your first client. I can teach you how to set up your social media management website. I can teach you, you know, I don't know how to set up the foundation of your business, paperwork, documents, SOPs, things like that. So hone in on that specific problem. Try not to be too broad, as tempting as it may sound. That goes along really well with the second lesson, which is that bigger and or longer is not always or even often better. This is one that I still have to repeat to myself. It's still really hard for me to like get through my skull because I want to give people the most value as possible, right? I want to teach people as much as I possibly can be a really helpful resource for people. I don't want to underpromise in any way. And so it's natural to say, well, I'm just going to make, you know, 50 modules in this course and it's just going to be like the ultimate business blueprint. But the thing is everybody is strapped for time. You're strapped for time as a creator. And your students are strapped for time as well. They might be running their business already and taking your course is just like what they do on their lunch break. They might have a family. They might, you know, be going through health things. They might be in school. Like there's a million things that everybody is carrying on our shoulders all, at all times. So you want to make it your business to take them from A to B in, you know, e, an adequate amount of time. You don't want people to have to commit weeks upon weeks to diving through your course. Obviously there may be exceptions to this if you were doing like a year long mentorship type of course or something like that. But in most cases, people just want the information as quickly as you can give it. And I've really found this to be true. I see it in the different types of courses that I offer. The social media management toolbox is my best seller in terms of units sold. And that is a template pack where people can skip around. They can look at the items that they need and discard the items that they don't. And it works really well as opposed to saying here, sit through nine hours of lectures, even if only two of those hours actually apply to you and the problem that you're looking to solve. So remember that you want to give people that knowledge, the tools that they need to get to eat from A to B in the shortest amount of time as possible. I've taken courses that are like one module. It's like one hour of somebody talking that have been brilliant and so well worth, you know, a lot of money. And I've taken courses that were, you know, 20 hours of lectures that were complete garbage. Gonna be honest. So this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another thing I wish I would have known is that you need to really legally protect yourself. And online courses, they're kind of like the wild, wild west. I mean, I think just internet marketing, online business in general, this stuff is all new and it takes time before the law, before attorneys catch up with that stuff. I'm obviously not a lawyer, so please take everything I'm saying on this point with a grain of salt. But there definitely are things that you can do to protect your intellectual property, because that's what it's called when you build a course or when you build any, you know, create any type of content that is your intellectual property that is 
property that comes out of your brain that you own and you have rights over. And it took me probably three times that my course was stolen and resold on some random website on the internet for me to realize I should probably have some legal legalese, you know, on my landing pages and within the courses, and that I should probably talk to a lawyer about what to do. So again, not a lawyer, but you know, I have some disclaimers on the website. I have some disclaimers within the course that does send a very strong warning that you cannot duplicate the material in my courses. You cannot resell it. I mean, I try to see the best in people. And I honestly think sometimes people didn't know. Um, I know that sounds silly, but like when you buy something, you might not realize that it is not actually yours. Your consumption of it is yours forever, but you cannot now go duplicate this, you know, and all of that. And it actually got to the point where I was seeing, you know, there's some written content in some of my courses. There's mostly videos and slides and stuff, but there's also some that are just almost like blog posts. And I would follow some of my students on Instagram and see their captions would literally be copies of the text that was in the course. And I'm like, hold on, we can't have this happening. So just sending that warning out, and then also in my course platform that I use, which is Thinkific, there is a feature that enables me to remove the option to copy text, disable text copying. So people cannot just copy and paste. Of course they could still type it out, but who's gonna do that? If you're lazy enough to copy Instagram captions, you're probably not gonna be transcribing course content. So there are some things that you can do. I recommend just talking to a lawyer and seeing what they recommend. I really like the resource coaches and company for just kind of like templated disclaimers and legal stuff. So yeah, the point is protect yourself somehow. It is still somewhat like the wild, wild west. There is limited things that you can do, but you at least wanna do what you can do and control what you can control. Okay, next thing is you have to plant the seed. So going back to point one, you have to solve a specific problem. Okay. I want you to start talking about that specific problem like one to three months before you actually start accepting money for this course. Now, I know that's not always possible. You know, you might just create a course tomorrow and decide to sell it. That's, you know, whatever, that's fine. But if you are planning out like a strategic launch, if, if you were to come to me and, and ask me to help you plan your launch, I would give you this timeline as an ideal situation. Start talking about that problem about three months before you start taking money for it. Start creating content about it. Start, you know, doing YouTube videos, blogs about it, sending out emails about it, like really getting that topic in people's heads and helping them with little tidbits of knowledge for a couple months, one to three months, I would say, before you start selling it. Because if I tell you, hey, I'm gonna sell a course about, I don't know, smoothies, how to make the best smoothies ever, a lot of you are probably gonna be like, that's cool, I like you, Latasha, and I like smoothies, but I have no idea where the connection is between you and smoothies. You're not a nutritionist, you're not a, you know, exercise person, you're like, you're just a person. Like, do you, are you qualified to teach about this? Are you passionate about this? Is this just a quick money grab for you? But if I were to start a series on Instagram where every single Monday I was sharing with you, you know, the smoothies that I was making for that week, that would make sense. I mean, I still might not be qualified to teach it, but let's just pretend here. That may make a little bit more sense, right? This is really essential. You need to warm up your audience. I think, I don't know, the current stat might be like seven times is how often people need to see something and offer before they actually take action on that. People need to see it. 
multiple times before they take action. They're not just going to see your course once and be like, oh yeah, I want that. Especially if they don't even understand the problem that you're looking to solve, or they don't even know that they have the problem that you're looking to solve. So make sure to plant that seed for people early and often and start delivering that value early and often too. start giving little tidbits of help, little tidbits of knowledge, and it will pay off for sure. The last thing I wish I knew is that community is essential. There are really two reasons that people buy courses. The first is, you know, of course, just to solve their problem and to get the knowledge to be able to solve their problem on their own. Yes, that's a big piece of it. But I do think that another piece of it is community. And community could be, you know, becoming a part of a larger community, a larger group, a cohort, a, you know, uh, alumni of a particular group. Good, good examples of this are like Marie Forleo's B-School. A lot of people don't even really care what's in that course. They sign up because they want to say that they went through Marie Forleo's B-School. They want the relationships with other people in B-School and to meet other people. That's a great example of of that. And there are also people who just want a relationship with you, the instructor. They find you on social media. They really resonate with what you're saying and they just want a deeper connection with you. They want a relationship with you in a way that, you know, they can learn from you. They can ask you questions. They can, you know, just have some type of relationship with you. And so community doesn't always have to be this big, huge, extravagant party, right? But I do think most people do look for some element of community in their courses, especially when we're talking about the online business world, maybe for some things that are deeply personal, like health and nutrition and stuff, maybe not so much. But in my world, community is big. And I've seen this illustrated super well by the different courses that I offer. So my first courses that I've ever sold were totally evergreen, meaning that people buy them and they go through them independently at their own time. These have value, but I almost think of these as like a book. It's very similar to a book. Uh, you're generally not reading this in a group unless you have a book club or something. You're going through it at your own time. You're taking the knowledge from it. You're really internalizing it, all that. And those sell well, but where my business started to hit five-figure months, six-figure launches was when I introduced community. That really took things to the next level. It enhanced the experience for people. It made these courses fun and exciting and something that people were really looking forward to attending. And it also improved the value. It enabled students to be able to ask me questions directly, get other people's opinions and feedback through their, their cohort, the other groups of people that, that they were taking the course with. And I saw completion rates went way up. You know, a lot of times in the evergreen courses, let's be honest, you can probably relate. I certainly can relate. People would buy courses and then just never go through the material. I still have courses that are like sitting there, like, why haven't I taken that? <laughs> I paid for it. Um, but a cohort or a live, some type of live community element really encourages that participation and that completion. And at the end of the day, I think this is so important that we talk about this, okay? I don't hear a lot of people talk about this. My goal with courses, sure, of course, it's great to have new revenue streams and more revenue coming into the business. But at the end of the day, I want people to learn. I want people to consume the stuff that I spent so much time creating. I mean, sure, if you buy the course and you never take it, like I'm not going to be mad at your money, but that's not the point of why I do this. I do this to help educate people, to help empower people to build their own businesses. I want them to take what I created. So having some community element really improves those completion rates. And this is why I always say that, you know, courses are not a passive income stream. They're really not. Like 
I mean, some of my courses, like the toolbox is pretty passive in that there's not really a huge community element to it. It's just a resource for people to get those templates and do what they need to do. But even still, I have to create content about it. I have to answer emails when people get locked out of the account or when people need help with it. And then on the grander scale and the courses that actually make me the majority of my money, like the accelerator, which is a large cohort course that requires me to do live Q and A's live teaching, you know, answering emails, responding to Slack messages. So it's not passive. It really is more of like a group coaching experience than anything. And I'm not saying that to scare you or to be negative. I love it. I absolutely love teaching these courses, but just want to set the expectation that, you know, if you want your course to be truly successful, I don't know too many creators who have like truly passive, just set it and forget it type uh, revenue streams with their courses. All right. So those are the five things that I wish I knew before I created my first course. Let me know if any of these tips surprised you, or if you have anything that you would add to this list. And again, don't forget to check out my free masterclass. It's an intro to digital products. You can learn which digital product type is right for you, how to get started in the creation process and how to actually market and sell those courses. It's totally free. And I think it'll help you out a lot. So thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you have a great rest of your day and a great weekend. And I will see you in my next episode. Bye.